It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. After six days between games, the Barracuda finally returned back to the ice on Tuesday to take on the Bakersfield Condors for the seventh time in the month of March. Yosef Koshinash had been on the Sharks' taxi squad, but was reassigned back to the American Hockey League on Saturday. It was his first start on Tuesday since March 17th. That game also came against Bakersfield. And Koshinash was able to pick up right where he left off making 30 saves in route to a 4-3 win over the Oilers affiliate. After falling into a 2-0 deficit early in the second period, the Barracuda would charge back as Jake Middleton would pop in his second of the year and his second over his last four games at 6:49 to cut Bakersfield's lead in half. From via Jake Middleton and put it wide, and now Middleton will carry it through center. Down that left wing side, shot, he scores! Jake Middleton down the left wing side. I don't know if that puck grazed off the defending Condor stick because it looked like it completely befuddled the goaltender Stuart Skinner. He just did not pick that puck up. It looked like a pretty innocent shot. Noah Gregor would then make it goals in back-to-back games at 10:38 as Joachim Blickfeld found him uncovered in front of the net. From via Jake Middleton and put it wide and now Middleton will carry it through center. Down that left wing side shot. He scores! Jake Middleton down the left wing side. I don't know if that puck grazed off the defending Condor stick because it looked like it completely befuddled the goaltender Stuart Skinner. He just did not pick that puck up. It looked like a pretty innocent shot. At 11.45, Bakersfield's Kevin Gravel was called for cross-checking. And on the ensuing power play, Alexander True would snap in his sixth goal of the year, giving the Barracuda their first lead at 3-2. Back to Simone. Waits it out. Top right circle. Blickfeld to the end line. Quick shot. They score! Alexander True and the Barracuda have their first lead of the night. It's a power play goal. In the third, up by a goal, Frederick Handemark would snap one through the five hole of Condor's goaltender Stuart Skinner to make it four to two. Benson will slap it back into the Barracuda zone. Condor's making a change and Nason into the offensive zone. Traps there for Shellman. Down that left dot to the near side for Handemark. He scores! Yul Shellman sets up Frederick Handemark and the Barracuda extend their lead to two. Tuesday's game marked Handemark's first AHL action since March 9th. Bakersfield's Jacob Stuckel would cut the lead down to one at 14:46 to make things interesting, but the Barracuda would hold off the Condors to pick up the 4-3 win. This was Roy Sommer following the game. 
That seems to be the, the scenario in this building. Like, it seems like we've come down, like we're down 3 nothing on Ontario and 2 nothing to these guys. And then we get a couple quick ones and a nice power play goal. And, and, uh, and then Handy kind of, you know, solidifies it there in the third period with the fourth goal. But I thought it was a good hockey game tonight. What do you think of, you know, your top line? That's been our best line down the stretch. They've been, uh, you know, real solid. They seem to know where each other is. Um, they can all, they're all scorers. You know, they, they're all, you know, capable of playing good defense. And, you know, the, actually that was the only line I could put out against Marodi's, Marodi's line and uh, McLeod. I thought uh, that line was real good. And I tried some other guys, but we got eaten up. And when I put those guys against them, they spent the time in the offensive zone. Oh, he no, he was solid again. No, he's played good, you know, and and again, it's 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 been like ten days since he's had a you know real practicing or or any game conditions. So for him to jump in like that, I thought he was outstanding for us tonight. Handmark had played for your group since early March, but he comes in and is you know really effective, gets a goal for you. Um, you know, an older guy, but you can see his, his smarts out there when he's playing the game. No, he's picked up the. I've been real impressed with the way he's matured. You know, to the North American game. You know, it's hard those guys coming over here. It's you know bigger rinks and all that other stuff. But uh, it's a different hockey. But you know, I thought I didn't notice him much at the start in training camp. But then as you know, he started playing for us. He started getting familiar with you know how we play and and what what he's capable of doing. And he plays real well for us down here. I'd love to have him all year, but. You know, he's one of those guys that's kind of going to be up and down, I think. Before busing to Irvine on Friday for Saturday night's game against the goals, the Sharks announced the recall of forwards Frederick Handemark and Noah Greger, as well as defenseman Christian Yarosh. Saturday's game did mark the first for Stefan Nason against his former club. Nason played in 77 games for the goals from 2015 through 2017. This was Nason before the game talking about facing his old running mates. Yeah, it'll be the first time playing against them, and uh, actually I never got to play with Carrick, so it was this is a full new team, full new everything. Uh, still really familiar, still talk to a lot of people uh, you know, in the organization still. Um, it should be fun. I mean, I'm excited for it. Uh, Oh, it's kind of where my career kind of started off, right? So, um, you know, San Diego's a great city, and I know we're in here right now, but, um, you know, I, uh, I miss it over there. Entering Saturday's game, the goals were riding a five-game winning streak and were a perfect 3-0 and during their homestand. Despite getting outshot in the first 13-8, it was Barracuda Ford Maxime Latunov who got San Jose on the board first at 9:26. Taken away by Leon Bergman, given along for Pasek, tees it up, big rebound, they score! Maxime Latunov fell to clean up the rebound in the Barracuda on just their fifth shot of the first, draw first blood. But at 17-29, former Grand Rapid Griffin Matt Laredo managed to tie the game up at 1-1 with his third of the season. Chemilowski can't clear. Goalie holds a line, skips one towards the net. Oh my goodness, what a blocker save by Kojanach. Another chance and now they score. Matt Laredo had his first opportunity turned aside by Yosef Kojanach. 
with the waffle board, but it came right back to him. Some puck luck, and he puts it into an open net as Koshinash had no chance, didn't realize the puck came back. But in the second, on the penalty kill, Alex Drew would make it goals in consecutive games at 747 with the Barracuda's third shorty of the year. Here's a shorthanded chance for Bergman. Bergman waits it out, over for True. He scores! A shorthanded goal for Alexander True. But a defensive zone turnover would allow for Sam Carrick to beat Yosef Kojanash in tight at 12-15. As it was bidding for the far bottom half of the net. Here's a turnover, Carrick, right in, he scores. The goal for Carrick would spark a run of six straight for the goals. As the Barracuda fell into penalty trouble late in the second period. And late in the second, Chase DeLeo, the Southern California native, would give San Diego its first lead, just 22 seconds remaining in the middle period. Waits it out, works to the wall, rink wide, thrown in front, they score! It's Chase DeLeo, who looked like he got his stick on it. It will be DeLeo as he leads the fist bump line, and the San Diego goals take their first lead of the hockey game, aided by... Back-to-back -back minor penalties against the Barracuda. In the third, goals defenseman Keegan Lowe would drive in his first in his last 21 games just a minute and 39 seconds into the final period, giving the goals a two-goal cushion. Cody Kern and Andrew Agazino would then score on the power play, and Ducks first-rounder in 2020, Jacob Perot, would score at 18:35 to give the goals a 7-2 lead. Joel Shulman would stop the bleeding at 19:34. And the score, I don't think, is going to really tell the whole story here tonight. The Barracuda early were outplayed. They found their sea legs. I love their second period. They were by far the better team in the second, but it's San Diego who scores two times in the second period to take their first lead of the game. The Barracuda twice led by a goal, and then they blow it open. Here's a backdoor chance, and Shulman taps it in. And the Barracuda finally do stop the bleeding, but it's going to be too little, too late. Shulman. Makes it 7-3. But it was too little, too late, as the Barracuda suffered one of their worst losses this year, allowing seven goals in a 7-3 defeat. After picking up the 7-3 win over the Barracuda on Saturday, the goals would turn around and travel to Ontario to take on the rain on Sunday. Despite not having their captain, Sam Carrick, who was recalled up to the Anaheim Ducks, San Diego managed to pick up a 6-4 win over the rain, extending their winning streak to seven straight games, which matches a franchise record they set earlier this season. The Barracuda's next two games will be against the Henderson Silver Knights on Tuesday and Wednesday at Solar for America Ice. Knights head coach Manny Viveros joins us next. Hey Sharks fans, join the team and recycle clean by emptying and scraping food and liquid from your containers before recycling. Putting food and liquid soiled items in your recycling can make otherwise good recyclables too dirty to be recycled. Remember, recycling clean isn't just for Earth Day, it's important every day. Visit SanJoseRecycles.org for guides and videos on how to recycle clean in San Jose. That's SanJoseRecycles.org, brought to you by the City of San Jose Environmental Services Department and Santa Clara County. The future of car buying is here. Hey, it's Shondell Grant of the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Oak Tree Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. And I'm proud to present No Brainer Checkout. Shop online, buy online. Get loan pre-approval. Customize your payments from start to finish. The entire car buying process is all online. 
No Brainer Checkout, exclusively from the Bay Area DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Termites, rodents, and other pests never rest. Luckily, neither does Planet Orange. Think you may have a pest problem? Call 1-800-7-ORANGE for a free termite inspection or general pest consultation from our licensed professionals. Planet Orange is an innovator in effective, eco-friendly pest control methods. They'll customize each program for your needs using the most eco-friendly solution available. So don't wait. Call 1-800-7-ORANGE. That's 1-800-767-2643. Or go to planetorange.com and get started today. Planet Orange. Orange, you glad you called? Coors Light wants to help you catch a Sharks game from the best seats in the house. Just share a photo of your Sharks at-home game setup to sjsharks.com slash home ice for a chance to win Coors Light Silver Seats tickets, Sharks gear, and more. Winners will be chosen weekly, so post a pic showing how you watch the Sharks to sjsharks.com slash home ice today. 2021 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Must be 21 or older. Celebrate responsibly. We are pleased to be joined by the head coach of the Henderson Silver Knights, Manny Viveros. Coach, first of all, thank you so much for the time. You've got a heck of a hockey team on your hands so far this season. You look at the roster, not a single number one draft choice, yet you sit atop the AHL. What has been the key to success so far this year? I just think it's, uh, you know, just coming from the organization, you know, finding finding players, like you said, uh, you know, players in those, those mid-round players, uh, you know, I think that's a key to any organization. If not just the high-end draft picks, but if you can find those guys in, in the third, fourth, or fifth rounds that could come in and, uh, you know, play and play well in the American Hockey League and have a potential chance of playing the National Hockey League, those are steals. And I think that's, uh, if you look at through throughout the whole NHL, uh, you know, those teams, uh, you know, if you can, you can supply that, uh, what do you say, that, that cupboard full of uh, those mid-round picks that are contribute are going to, you know, a recipe for success. And uh, so far we've seen that, where, you know, as far as the guys in our group here, uh, very pleased. Uh, you know, we're surprised uh, like anybody else as far as the start that we've had here. But you know what, Nick, you know, being a realist also too, there's a lot of games also too that, you know, that we won that uh, possibly we shouldn't have won, you know, and uh, it just – you know, we just had some lucky bounces in some ways. We said we've had outstanding goaltending, um, and you know, we scored at, at opportune times too. So, but this division is so good, it really is. It really is good, and uh, anybody can beat anybody on any given night. Speaking of goaltending, Logan Thompson, what a heck of a story he has. He played Canadian college hockey, undrafted, played last year in the East Coast Hockey League. He also played under Golden Knights general manager Kelly McCrimmon while a member of the Brandon Wheat Kings in the WHL. In your opinion, what do you think the organization saw in him when they signed him to an entry-level contract this offseason? As he has certainly rewarded the Golden Knights, having won twice the goaltender of the month so far this season in the AHL and has provided some real depth at the goalie spot within the organization. Yeah, I think everybody to some extent is is surprised of how quick he's he's ascended as far as um, you know his play so far this year. Obviously, they they saw something in him. Uh, you know, Kelly had that connection with him in in Brandon. That's where I saw him last. It was I think close to four years ago, and uh, but we knew at that level he was a good good young goaltender, young kid, uh, you know, raw, who isn't at that age as far as especially goaltending. Um, you know, different path he took going to the Canadian universities, uh, which is an outstanding league. Like, there's a lot of really good players that, that play in that league. Um, and if given that opportunity, they can, can, 
make the, the most of it. So, uh, but he's put in the work, you know, that's the thing. Like he's gone down uh, East Coast League. He's played well there, worked real hard. He's come here and he worked real hard and everything that he's gotten so far, he's deserved because of the, the amount of work that he's put into his game here. So really good story. Uh, you know what? And then, you know, this kid has an opportunity to be an NHL goaltender someday. You talked about getting contributions from players not necessarily drafted in the first couple of rounds. And you look at every NHL team, and there's players drafted late or even undrafted that are sprinkled up and down the lineup. For the Golden Knights to move their AHL team out to Henderson this past offseason and have them as close as they are now to their NHL team, how important do you think it is for the Golden Knights to put their prospects in the best possible position to succeed? You know, Nick, first of all, um, like our facility is, uh, is uh, you know, when this pandemic is over, you got to come down and have a, have a look at it. it our Prox facility is, is second to none. It's as good as any NHL facility of what resources they've given us, uh, Mr. Bill Foley and, and, and the Golden Knights have given us to work with every day. So that part is a benefit in itself of the technology for these guys to, to, to work out and, and the staff that they have provided for our guys to be in you know uh, top physical condition so that part is excellent and being just down the road not even 25 minutes away you know the ability for our players to go back and forth on a daily basis to either practice or even play with these guys you know and not have that uh, call-up period as far as very similar to what you guys are doing here in San Jose as far as you're right in the backyard here so they're watching all our games uh you know a lot of times they're watching our practices too so it, it's good for our players to know that they're being monitored uh, on a daily basis from from the nhl team we are talking to manny viveros the head coach of the henderson silver knights you were hired back in august you spent one season with the spokane chiefs in the whl the season prior but you had that long wait until you got the season finally underway. Was that a good thing, getting your feet under you? I know you were moving your family, your wife, out to Las Vegas. So were you just sick of the long wait and ready to get back to it? No, there was nothing good about it. I think if you asked my wife, there was absolutely nothing good about it at all here. I drove her nuts. I think more than anything, when we started getting back to work here, she was happy more than anybody. So, uh, But having said that, no, it was good. It was good for us to get down get to kind of know the city itself and, you know, kind of get settled in. So that part was good, but you can't replace uh, what we do. And, you know, being around the game yourself, like we're all driven. We need to be doing something. And if we don't, uh, what I've learned is coaches go crazy sometimes as far as sitting around the house and just ask my wife. (laughs) You were an assistant under former Sharks head coach Todd McClellan in your one season with the Edmonton Oilers. You're now – you're now working under Pete DeBoer and Steve Spot, former Sharks head coach and assistant coach. What has it been like working with those guys? Give us an idea on the communication pipeline between the AHL and the NHL. They've been excellent. You know, Pete and, and Spotter and Ryan McGill and Ryan Craig, they've all uh, allowed us, uh, you know, to, to be involved as far as, uh, uh, you know, any information that they want to do with their team as far as uh, trying to improve their team or any adjustment stuff. Uh, you know, they've, they've included on us. And I think that's really important here is that we're we're not two different staffs. We're, we're really in one staff together trying to, to work together and, and uh, you know, you know, develop and, and win at the same time, uh, especially in, in Henderson. And they've been outstanding as far as allowing us into, uh, you know, intimacies of what they do every day and stuff like that too. And I think that's uh, a, a recipe for success at any time. 
I saw a video where you talked about your authenticity when you go into a new situation like you are this season with the Silver Knights. You want to convey your authentic self to your team. Was that one of the most important things that you wanted to implement right away when you walked into the dressing room and addressed your team was just your authenticity and who you are? Yeah, I think so. You know, that's so important. Um, and, and that's, you know, my staff, the people that I hire with too, is um, that's such an important aspect of it uh, with today's athletes and, and these players is that uh, it's all about building relationships and building trust on, on both sides. And, uh, you know, I, I believe if once you do that, then you can hold them accountable and they hold us accountable too. So um, I, I think for us more than anything is that, you know, as a staff, uh, the players know what they're getting every single day, whether we're, we're going good or going bad. Um, you know, it's going to happen, but at least they know every day that, you know, the staff is going to be the same every day. Uh, you know, if things aren't going well, no one's going to be happy, but uh, we're going to, you know, find a way to uh, get through it together. And, you know, same thing also, too, when things are going uh, good, too. You don't get too high, you don't get too low. And, you know, I, for us, it, it, we, we want to win. There's no question about that. That's why we're in this business, but we don't, Try, we don't want to take ourselves too seriously. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. You got to be, enjoy where you're coming to work every day. The culture and that environment is so important. You've coached at the NHL level. You've coached in Europe. You've coached in the WHL. You played in the WHL, in the IHL, in the AHL, in Europe, at the NHL level. But what has it been like so far in your first stint as a head coach in the AHL? It's been great. Again, you know, as far as the, the athletes and uh, even more so, I love my time in the Western Hockey League working with, uh, you know, younger younger age group. And now you get an extension of you're getting the best of that age group from, from the CHL and college. And, um, you know, you, you for me, um, watching the American Hockey League uh, or just being – in live seeing these guys just how good this league is it's the second best league in the world by by far and i've had the privilege to see a lot of leagues over europe and all over the world here it is by far the uh, second best league in the world and how close these kids are uh to being there and uh so you know for me it's a it's a, it's a treat just even watching practice every day the skill level and, and, and the speed and how good these guys are it's, it's a treat to watch we all know how well the city of Las Vegas has embraced the Golden Knights. And even though it's still very early in the process, and you've only had a handful of games in which they have allowed fans into the Orleans arena, do you feel like the city of Vegas is going to support this American League team as well? Yeah, you know what? Uh, Las Vegas is is a Golden Knights uh, city. They own that city. They really do. You can tell just by all the different plates and the banners and the hats and the t-shirts and that has trickled down to the excitement from our club in Henderson and but not just Henderson is like you know the whole Clark County area uh is really closely connected too so the enthusiasm has been outstanding uh, you know the media coverage has been, has been great as far as what we do on a daily basis and um you know that we're playing out of the Orleans rink right now um and uh you know, they were supposed to be sold out as far as season tickets for this this uh, first two seasons. And once we get into our new building next February, again, we're sold out again, too. And then the new building that they provided us uh, for next season is a state-of-the-art American Hockey League uh, arena with, you know, a, a smaller version of any quality National Hockey League arena. So that part is really good. And, uh, you know... It, it, it's been good that we had some success, but even on top of that, even if we never got off to a great start, that, that enthusiasm is still going to be there. We're talking to Henderson Silver Knights head coach Manny Viveros. You've got Joel Ward, former Shark, as one of your assistants. 
Danny O'Regan said when we caught up with him a couple weeks ago that he would have never thought that Joel Ward had never coached before. He's been a natural so far. What has it been like having Joel on your staff, and how do you feel like players have embraced his style of coaching? Well, you know, just what I alluded to earlier, though, I, I think, again, there's a perfect example of Joel coming in and, and being himself, you know, you're not trying to be some, someone different. And, um, you know, Joel was a student of the game. That's how he got uh, to the National Hockey League. Um, and his path and his story is exactly what our younger guys you know, can rely on and use that it's not always, uh, you know, that that first round draft pick that's always going to get get to the National Hockey League. It's the guys that have to grind it through for a little while, uh, you know, take the hard path of Logan Thompson, for, for an example. But you put the work in, the dedication in that, you're going to get rewarded. And Joel's a perfect example of that. And he's he's great for our young players. He, he There's nothing that he hasn't seen throughout his career that or uh, have an experience that these players are going through here. So that part has been excellent. And just a you know, a great human being too. Speaking of Danny O'Regan, he's proven in his professional career that he is one of the best players in the AHL. He's putting up big numbers again this year. A guy who certainly has an opportunity to play up top as well in the National Hockey League. What has he provided for your lineup so far this year? Well, Danny, Danny brings leadership, uh, a very quiet leadership, um, which is very refreshing a, a lot of times. Um, but, you know, his work ethic and, and his, his silent compete level is, uh, is really impressed me to him. Like right now, his line with him and uh, Dylan Secure, um, you know, it doesn't matter who I put with them. They, those two guys make that line better. Uh, they've been a constant for us uh, from the beginning of the year, too, and uh, very easy coaching, uh, coachable uh, young man. Um, you know, he's uh, someone that uh, you could just tell once and, and he, he gets it right away. Very, very intelligent and cerebral in his game and that he knows where he's at. And again, here's a player that's on the cusp of playing in the National Hockey League and possibly, if not with, you know, uh, with Golden Knights being so deep up top is that this young man can play in the National Hockey League, I'm sure. You had a chance last year to coach Barracuda forward Jake McGrew when you were the head coach at the Spokane Chiefs. The poor kid dealt with tons of injuries during his junior career, including an injury that basically kept him out the entire season last year. But you had an opportunity to be around him on a day-to-day basis. He showed off great resilience, had a great attitude. What was your experience with Jake last year with the Chiefs? You know what, Jake was uh, like, I, I really got to know Jake uh, after his injury. You know, he got hurt really early on the year and um, he, uh, he was going to be a huge, was going to be a huge part of our team from last year. Um, but when Jake had unfortunately got hurt, and was done for the year. I just said, you know, Jake, this is a great opportunity for you right now to learn the other side of the game itself, as far as, you know, what we do and be a student of the game. So uh, Jake spent a lot of time in our coach's office, uh, you know, in, being a, a, a coach, uh, we would ask him questions. He would ask us questions, being a student of the game and everything else. And uh, it was, it was uh, actually, I think we got more from, from, from talking to Jake than he got from us. And uh, at the end of the day, I think it's going to make him a better player from seeing the other side of it. And probably at the end of the day, he'll realize that he probably never wants to be a coach. <laughs> so we kept telling him, play as long as you can, kid. Um, you know what? A great young man. I think he's got a great career ahead of him. Um, you know, he's, there's he's a lot of positives in his game, the way he shoots and he skates, and that's something that you can't teach. And like anything else, young man, it's going to take some time to, to to develop in the American Hockey League, but I can see my kid play in the National Hockey League for sure. Coach, we can't thank you enough for the time. Best of luck and continued success along the way. 
Anytime, Nick. Thanks. That was Henderson Silver Knights head coach Manny Viveros. That's going to do it for this episode of Cuda Confidential. A reminder, Tuesday's game is scheduled for 5 o'clock. We will be on the air starting at 4.30 with our pregame show, as you can listen live on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app at sjbarracuda.com slash listen and watch on AHL TV. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying so long until next time. decor we know pro as your one-stop source we deliver everyday savings on over a million square feet of in-stock flooring tools and installation materials see how our flooring experts can help save you time and money with our best-in-class selection at rock bottom prices and with pro level benefits like our dedicated pro service team pro hotline free 14-day storage and unbeatable pro loyalty program you get what you need when you need it where you need it come discover floor and decor where we know pro